0: It still sticks with John Wick's character that he really doesn't want to be back in the game. As much as he has <clears> to do all these tasks, the main thing is that he's living for the memory of love. And he's, he, you know, for such a badass guy, he's living for, for what keeps him alive, which is the love that he had for his wife.
1: You call him Baba Yaga. Noise complain. Noise complain.
2: They know you're coming. Of course. But it won't matter. Whoever it is, I'll kill them. Kill them all. Hello, you beautiful
1: people, and welcome to the Popcast Theory Podcast. This year has allowed us to consume even more pop culture from the comfort of our own homes. But sometimes we have to ask what is it really all about? What are these characters' stories? How does that story influence their development? And most importantly, how does their story influence us? I'm your host, Tony Ramos, and along with my two co hosts and best friends, Frasqui and Miko Lupban. We explore the journeys of these characters in recent, much older sources of pop culture and how they've made an impact on our lives. Alright, welcome to this episode of the PopCast Theory Podcast. Today, we'll be talking about our favorite dog enthusiast and serial killer, John Wick. Okay, it's a little strong. More of Hitman rather than Serial Killer, but like with the sheer amount of people, he just kills continuously. And like kill count wise, it, it might be fair to, to give him that title. I don't know. Um, but yeah. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, the way we're really going to be talking about this again in the podcast 3 podcast, we talk about characters, their journeys, and really how their journey impacts their character development as a whole. And what makes the John Wick character development really interesting is because John's at the later stage of his life, right? Like It just kind of proves that... Uh, you, you can learn at any point of your life I guess but at the same time it, it's so uh, devolved and it's so dependent on the actions I mean of course it's an action film series but it's dependent on the events that happen to him and how he takes it right and that's really the the premise that we're working with in like in regards to character development so what we're going to be doing first is we're going to be looking at every single film that they spend so far there have been John Wick 1, 2, and 3 and again uh, I have Miko Lukban and Frasky with me here today to sort of help you give that breakdown. So what we'll be doing is we'll really be looking at the film and then we will be talking about specific moments and notable moments that really made an impact on John's overall character. And then after all the, you know all that synopsis talk and maybe uh, a bit of our opinions on like how this really impacted his character development, we'll delve even deeper. Like how you know is it actually relatable? Like you know, having a hitman uh, life and you know living in this underground world—is that still relatable? Can that still be uh, related with, like, to some extent, right? Like, what makes the John Wick film so easy to empathize with, despite him being like, you know, this overblown hitman who's like in his late forties, even, even if he looks as young as Keanu Reeves, like, it, it's still all right, this guy has a lot of, you know, Headband. gravitas Headband. to go with him. Yeah, exactly. He's a legend at the point he's in. We're just like. Can we still relate with him? And yet we do, right? Like throughout the three films, he's still this relatable character that we all love, soft-spoken even, uh, to our more soft-spoken listeners out there. Uh, but yeah, uh, and that just really, that, that's going to be what we're going to cap it off. And then, you know, just to end this episode, we'll be talking more about what we want to speculate with, theorycraft a little, uh, in regards to what uh, the movie 4 might have. Because, you know, as, as you all know, well, well, if you're listening in, spoilers alert. Obviously, we'll be talking about the synops- like respective synopsis for the th- for the three films. Uh, we will be putting timestamps for like certain films, so if you want to skip along. Maybe if you watched uh, 1 and 2, but you didn't watch 3, you can just listen to 1 and 2. And then we can just jump into the notable moments. But again, uh, just a reminder, obviously, spoilers ahead. And let's jump right into it. So just to start, uh, Miko, maybe you can start us off with John Wick 1. Give us a quick synopsis. They may be some of the more normal moments.
2: Yeah. So as Tony mentioned, uh, John is a character who is much further along in his life. He's much older. And uh, where we start out at the film, he's actually not presently part of the whole assassination, contract uh, killer kind of world. He's actually living his life with his wife that he married. And... He, he's, he's essentially not in that world. But a key thing to understand is that he was part of it and he is has a very known reputation within that world. But he was able to get out. Yeah. Which, and he's got, got to live this life with the, the woman that he loves who, you know, if, you, if you're watching the video of this, you'll note that we're all wearing black. And that's, you know, in respect because the wife dies Please. in the first like 10, 15 minutes of the film, um, and so John's uh, you know his main motivation to live outside of the world, the thing that actually got him to choose to leave that world, is now gone, and you know we see he lives in this big fancy house and he's all alone, but apparently in the, his wife's dying uh, in his in her will it was a dog was sent to John to help comfort him. So it's a small uh beagle puppy. It's really cute and all. Yeah. But you know, and and we see it play out that, you know, the dog is there with him. It it's a companion for him. It's someone someone something. Like I don't know what the right word to use there is. Um uh, to to be there with John to help him cope with now how alone, alone he is in that big house of his. However, um, that all takes a pretty bad turn when the dog, uh, when a bunch of Russian mobsters uh, break into his house, beat the crap out of John, and they kill his dog and steal his car. Uh, Nevertheless. The main understand the main thing about this about John Wick one that is the motivation of John Wick in this for in this movie is that these guys killed his dog, beat him up, and they stole his car. Now most people would think that that's not a lot, but you know if you give in the context that this was essentially the last gift from his wife, you can kind of understand why he's so upset. So, you know, the dog dies and um, the Russian mob finds out. And, you know, this is when we really see uh, John's reputation really take shape. When the older, more, I guess, the leaders and, like, the owners of, like, establishments and the leader of the Russian mob, Vigo, find out they're scared because they know what John is capable of, they know what he is willing to do. And, now he's on a path for revenge. He killed a man with a pencil. A fucking pencil. <laughs> he, supposedly, he supposedly killed a man with a pencil. Which, you know, that will come up again later on. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, it will
2: actually. And so, and so you know, uh, Vigo tries talking to John to get him to not go after his son. Which doesn't work. Uh... So Vigo ends up sending the whole mob to try to go kill him, which doesn't go very well. Uh, you know, he puts a contract out to get other assassins within this world to try to kill John, but one of them, which is his friend Marcus, played by William Defoe, a uh, green goblin from the Sam Raimi films, from Spider-Man. Uh, I should not say Sam well, like little, The inner uh, nerd just like coming out. <laughs> yeah. For me, I'm uh, gonna make her respect the black thing. Dude. Yeah, like we're, we're both like
1: hell yeah. And Then I just like retrospect, man. You sound hella nerdy, but yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> yeah, so but but his best friend, who's also in the world of Sabs, uh, does his does his best to try to protect John, while Vigo thinks he's on this job. But that gets him killed because Vigo re- finds out, realizes that he's actually helping John and not actually trying to kill him. Yeah, you know, it it pretty much ends with John having killed Vigo's son, a lot of his men, and Vigo himself. And you know, it ends with uh, him uh, essentially getting a well, technically stealing a dog from the pound, but then. Considering it probably wouldn't be that hard to get the dog, you know, it's not that bad, yeah. I guess. You can get um, him for free, but I mean,
1: free being relative, you rescue
2: a dog. Relative, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's how it works for some of them. But essentially, like, some key things to really point out from the film. I mean, once again, uh, the main motivation is really just uh, his dog died and his car was stolen. But of course, that's very driven by the fact that he just lost his wife. Yeah. Um, And, you know, when uh, there's a point in the film where Vigo has John tied up and, you know, he's asking, like, it was just a dog, it's just a car, like, what's the big deal? And, you you know, there's that thing about the fact that his wife died and John, like, says to him, your son took that from me, he killed that from me. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, it may have just been a dog, it may have just been a car. But the thing is, that dog was the last bit that John have had of his wife. It was the last thing that he was ever going to get from her. So there's a lot of emotional attachment to that. Which, I mean, most people who have that kind of emotional trauma to them, I don't think would go on a killing spree. But John. Maybe is it's
1: capability?
2: Oh, yeah. It's all about the sheer capability. Yeah. Like, yeah. John is capable. And, you know. The fact that this was caused by people who live in that world, I think is probably one of the things that in pushed John to go as far as he did. And you know, like I think it, it it kind of really culminates in like the end, you know, after he kills Vigo, he's there like bleeding and you you think he's about to die. Well, he does it because there's two more. There, there's two more films. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But he, he's playing the video of his wife, and I think that really says a lot about how important his wife is, and just how important that the dog was—a lasting memory of his wife was to him.
1: That that was a really good like I don't know that that was the entire synopsis, right? And the, the lady narrowed down some of like the major notable moments, I think, from the entire first film. Uh, I, I think. As we, you know, kind of move on with like this, like mini discussion before we move on to the next film, uh, I'll just add a little bit of context. I, I think the beauty of the first film is that it's so simple in regard to its context. Like obviously, the next two films really are able to to build off of that, and you know, the three of us really enjoy it, and I hope you guys do. Uh, but in that regard, the first film is so symbolic in its way, in its way of representing life. Like maybe the filmmakers didn't intend for it. To be that way, but the way I understand it is it's so symbolic because, well, obviously the, 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 the Beagle, right, is that connection to his old life, to his literally, like, you know, the life that he had with his wife and everything. And the fact that, you know, it, it was, you know, murdered and it brought him back into that, you know, that hitman life and everything. It's so symbolic because it's literally like the death of his, like, quote unquote, normal life. And then it ends with him literally getting another dog, like this black dog. I mean, even though it's cute as hell, like symbolically, it's this black dog, like this bringer of death, if you will. Yeah. And that's like this representation of, hey, I'm not, I'm not, like, especially in the context that uh, Miko just said, like he was dying and everything, right? And in that moment, he was just like, he, he I guess he had like options, like he, he could reserve himself to death or... He could go back to that life, even like if it was a bit a little unknowingly, right? Like, and that's literally what happened. Like, he was just like, oh, <laughs> "I get a new dog," but that dog, little did he know, like, really symbolized like his way of coming back into the to the underworld, and that's really amazing. Like, given that the film, they didn't know there was going to be sequels, oh, right? That's a cool way of putting it. So it was just for the filmmakers. I would think it was just them saying that they were hinting that he's back, and then people are like, "Oh shoot, that's so cool." And it's just, because it was so successful, they were able to even capitalize on that, like, not not really ambiguous, like, really hinted ending. And that's what made, like, the following films, like, really great. At least for me, like, especially given the context of, of the first film. But yeah, but, but yeah, Frass, maybe you have something to add before we get to the next film?
0: Well, it's not really something to add that's substantial to the conversation. It's just more of, like, uh, a personal journey that I had with, with going through the John Wick movies. yeah, I remember when John Wick first came out, the first movie, when it came out in cinemas, I was walking around the theater just to see like what movies are showing and then I was going to uh, go straight home. And then I saw uh, the title in front of the door saying John Wick. And then I saw the poster like somewhere around the area. And I was like, uh, this movie looks stupid. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> same, same. I had that initial reaction as well. And I was just like, "Oh, another action film. Uh, this looks dumb. And then I watched the movie and I was like, man, back then, I would have really beaten up. Like, <laughs> beat the, the hell out of, out of myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, what, what kind of judgment did you have on this this spectacular, you know,
1: masterpiece?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, like, looking at it now, the fact that are doing uh we're having this conversation about John Wick. I was like, man, I thought it was a stupid movie. I was so wrong. If John Wick heard me, I would have been dead.
1: <laughs> or give me like a one liner that but, made me wish I was dead.
0: <laughs> but in yeah, terms ahead. of uh anything to bring towards the movie, really nothing. i d I'm just like so fascinated with what what you guys said about like you know, um he lived a life and then technically inside he died you know and now he's going through all this like brutal like murder in the first movie and then by the end of it he's back you know and this whole underworld's like oh, okay you you asked for it yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm coming yeah. back into this whole like you know i'm going to i'm going to get my shit <laughs> and then yeah, the the second movie and we all know how that goes <laughs> Just fucking crazy, also. Yeah, but just
1: in case you don't, that's what this part's for. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) By the way, (laughs) I really do recommend watching the films. But if you guys like, like, want like an overview of literally just the parts with John Wick, again, uh, I know I'm saying this like mid podcast, but at the same time, uh, our summaries do not do the movies justice. Like these are like the best of the best, like in regards to action films like in, the, oh, yeah. in like, the 21st century. Like I, I really if, would say.
0: If, if I can say anything just about the John Wick movie. Ahead, like man, the way, The way the aesthetic of most action movies have gone now, you gotta have to give credit to John Wick with that whole like underworld assassin territory thing. And you know, the whole like neon light aesthetic of it. Like John Wick helped like make that become such a big thing that since a lot of moviegoers found that so so fun to watch and just the way um the gun the the gunfoo movies you know yeah that's what they, they, they it, really the brought it movie.
1: out like, after they John really Mark. brought
0: it back and really really made it something to look forward to again that's why you see those movies like artemis hotel or gunpowder milkshake you know those are just like a few out of like many that have like popped up um you know in the last few years but you know, John Wick helped bring that back into bring that back to the public and, you know, yeah. Again, I called John Wick stupid. I feel bad. <laughs> no, dude, same, same. Don't worry, man. Like the first
1: time I saw it, the first time I saw like the poster outside the cinema, I was with my family, and my my dad was like, "Come on, let's watch it. Like it's it's a claim down." And I just looked at the like you know those giant things in town, right? Like the the setup. Yeah. And then I, I looked at it. I was like, "This looks dumb. Like it just looks like a random action flick." And then I watched it, and I was just hyped the entire time. Like, I, I, I hated myself after I was like, wow, look at me judging so early. Yeah. yeah, I think I'd beat up my high school self, too.
0: Our, <laughs> our, yeah, guys. our descriptions of what the what John goes through and what happens in the movie not do do yeah, well. does not do justice. Yeah, does <laughs> not do justice.
1: I watched yeah. the film. Uh, we're only doing this just so you guys uh, get more context. But yeah, uh, thanks for that. Uh, yeah, uh, let's jump right into John Wick 2. So again, right from where Miko ended, uh, just... Let's let's jump in. Uh, for John Wick two, it just really starts with like the aftermath of the first film. Honestly, like the entire timeline, it's super short. Like it happened probably over like a week at most, like a few days, because like you know John had to find, uh, Joseph and, and stuff like that. Like to that degree. But in general, like it, it was a few days with with some change. Uh, but yeah, in the aftermath of the first movie. Uh, things are more or less settled with with the Russian mob. Like it literally begins with with John getting back his car from you know from the guy who stole it, and, and not not from the guy who stole it, but from the place where the the guy who stole it like stored it. And he was able to take it back from the Russian mob. And it just I don't know. And like when you consider that part of the story, it just encapsulates uh, John's journey in the first film. Like that's supposed to be the nail in the coffin. I'm done, right? But What the film does it's it's very you know misleading in a sense that okay john gets to go back right but no of course not it's an action flick Um, uh then we're we're introduced suddenly to like this larger universe this larger assassin universe right where characters like sentino d'antonio he's he's one of the the major players in in the entire series like part of like major like these larger families that are present uh like he's italian in that sense (laughs) if the name didn't give it away but um, he's part of like these major italian players and then Santino uh, comes to collect his debt debt from uh, from John. Like back to get because he's back in the assassination assassination world, right? And then John's just like, "Hey man, I'm not really back. I just you know came back because you know someone killed my dog, stole my car. I I got a new dog and I got my car back. Like it's gonna be back in like six months." That I found it really funny. Like I get it patched up. You know how long? Like. <laughs> if ever <laughs> Wait a few months. But yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah, so there was this he had this marker. And what this marker is in the assassin world is it essentially says that you do this favor for someone. But then uh they they have to they, they hold a marker from you, right? And what that means is they like you owe them a favor because they did something for you, right? And it's implied, though not explicitly, that Santino Antonio is the person who helped John complete his impossible task which let him get out of the life, of the assassin life, right? So that's a really big deal. Uh, but now that John's back, that's when Santino was like, oh shit, I get to collect on my, on my mark, right? And that was the entire thing. And there's that entire part where he was reluctant to accept the job and then Santino literally destroys his house. Like that last remnant part of his old life literally destroyed in flame. Um, And again it really goes back to okay fine what is this job and then Santino tells him that he has to kill his sister so he can get a, a position on the high table. Now the high table it's not super important but it's like it's a major part that like in regards to the exposition of the entire assassin world and context. Uh, you'd have to consider that the high table literally is what it sounds like. It's the it's the council of, of, of jerks. <laughs> no, 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 no the council of, of, older, <laughs> of older dudes who are in charge of everything. Like what they say goes on. Like it's a bunch of crime families and organizations that that lead this assassin world, right? So if if you get on their bad side, you're you're screwed. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Again, like so it really goes with he, he has to kill the sister. So when he does kill the sister that sudden, like he, he says, okay, I completed the marker. Like, I'm free of the marker, right? Because there's this entire part in the exposition where this person who holds your marker essentially has control over your life. Like, you have to complete it. Because, because they they did a favor for you, you have to complete a favor for them. That's really it. You have to honor the marker. If you kill the person who holds your marker, you, you're dead. Like, someone's going to kill you from the assassin world. If you try to escape, someone's going to kill you. Like, it does this, that. And then John was like, fuck it, fine. And then he jumps in, and then he kills... Uh, Santino's sister so he could get a spot in the high table, right? And then Santino just looks at John and is just like, what kind of a guy would I be if I didn't put a bounty, like an assassin bounty, the guy who killed my sister? And then John's like, ah, shit, here we go again. So it's just like, it just expounds on itself, like really huge. Uh, and again, like, the the context uh, is kind of important in this regard. We, we kind of skimmed over it from the first film. Uh, but there's this rule, you know, there, this assassin world just it just really loves its rules if you break a rule you're screwed like that that's really the it's emphasis on rules um and there was this major rule where in in this hotel where the assassins stay assassin hotel uh it's called the continental from the first film uh there's this general rule that no business shall be conducted on company grounds and that essentially means you can't kill anyone while in the hotel right but john he's really pissed there's 14 million dollars on his head and he's just like God fucking damn it he walks up and then he shoots Sentino in the head because he's sick of Santino's shit because he, he called uh, the bounty on him and then with that suddenly the entire assassin world flips it on its head like he there's a giant bounty on his head which has probably been increased because he just killed uh, the guy who said it so like the family's like God we need to get revenge and now he loses the privilege as well and protections of the the continental in this case and the entire film is it, it, it's encapsulated in a term called excommunicado, and that's really the term that all right, you're essentially excommunicated, right? Like you're excluded from the from the world, and you're you're this bandit, and you know we're all gonna kill you. That's essentially it. Um, yeah. So the manager of the the Continental, Winston, like we obviously didn't introduce him yet, but he's not really super integral to the entire story. But he's John's friend, and to that degree, he gave John like a head start before the bounty begins. And that's really the end of the film, right? Like, cause it really, it really caps off with him saying, "Hey, John, uh, you broke a rule. I can't do anything to protect you now. Go nuts. <laughs> like, Get out of here." For like one hour, right? And then he gets like, a, he gets a head start that's essentially. But yeah, uh, the thing about the second film, it's really because the first film was such a great standalone film. I would argue that the second film, uh, John's character development kind of took a backseat. And it was really more about the context building, world building, and just reputation building in essence. Like, what else can like what stakes are really raised in regards to, to John's relationship, right? But uh, in regards to, to symbolism and how I really, how we really view the series, um, I, I do wanna get one of the lines that Winston said when he had this exchange with Santino Di Antonio, and when John completed the mark because. You know, the manager of the hotel also keeps stock of Marx for some reason. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, in the film, he says this line, and I really like it. It says, you stabbed the devil in the back, forced him back into the life he just left. You incinerated the priest's temple, burned it to the ground. And yeah, so the exchange was, he had a glimpse of the other side. And then Santino argues he was already back. And then Winston says, he came back for love, not for you. And I think this entire exchange like really encapsulates the entire film. And I would argue, like even the first film. Because the entire idea there is John really didn't want to come back. Like there was this part in the film, the, the interrogation scene that Nico referenced, where he's just like, people keep asking if I'm back. And I think I'm back. You know, like the whole thing where he's like, he's trapped and everything. And that's a super cool scene, but uh, in essence, when he says, I'm thinking I'm back, there's still like uncertainty and there's still that belief that he can still escape, right? Like he's not all the way in the door. He's literally like like foot in the door and he's just like, I'm going to kill like a bunch of Russian dudes and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get my car and then I'm going to avenge my dog. Like that was really the premise of the entire first film. So the the fact that Santino really forced him to go all the way in, right? And then literally like you know, destroyed his house, destroyed any semblance he had of his normal life. He was essentially telling John, No, you're in, that's it, period, right? Like, that was really it. And yeah, I, I think that really, well, yeah, that really encapsulates the second film, the second, first the second film. And it just shows that his life can progressively. Can still get worse, <laughs> despite like the loss and everything he's already suffered. It's just all right. you're back, naga. You have a target on your back, pa. Like it's just like if, if you think, uh, all right. Oh man, I lost everything. Now everybody's hunting me too, right? Like it's just that. That's really the second film's ending, I would say. But yeah. Uh. In regards to to that, like from from the synopsis I just mentioned, like what about you guys? Like what, what do you think? like Nico maybe you have some uh, bits before we move yeah.
2: On. No just uh like yeah i think like uh, a thing is that the second film really there was really more focus on building the uh this whole underworld i guess is what we can just refer to it yeah. to, to make a sense of to this underworld that john was part of and you know now he's back and i but i think like in terms of his character i really feel it's just really emphasizing why he did what he did in the first film. Yeah. He, he doesn't care about, you know, the politics of this world. He doesn't care about the money. Honestly, if we look at his house, dude's probably hella rich already. Dude's loaded. <laughs> um, but there's De, Winston's line of, he came back for love, not for you. Yeah. So it really just goes back to his motivation is connected to his wife. He's only doing this to help himself cope with the loss that he had, and I think that's you know I like I mean like we I can I I think I wanna get into that more when you go to is there a way to relate this? But Young know, other people are interpreting his actions as oh he's back, but in reality he's doing what he's doing because I need to I need to do this to become okay with
0: what happened. Yeah. How about you brass? Mika put Mika put it perfectly, you know. <laughs> the body thing. Yeah. Like I mean, if if you think about it, John Wick movies are very straightforward. Like, you know, um with with the the symbolism you can find within um the the story elements. Um it it's you can you can it's it's easy to, to, to agree with. It's easy to agree with um, and and you know to to understand where, where John is really coming from. Yeah. If I can say anything, John is literally the epitome of kick a man when he's down.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually. Oh man. Like
0: like, like the man already lost the dog. What more can you do? Everyone's trying to kill him. Okay, fuck. And then he's like trying to get. Everyone's trying, He's trying to try, He's already trying to get by. Blow up his fucking house. Like, come on bro. (laughs) Come on, bro. Take
1: away everything.
0: Why? So, so, with, with that, like I, again, like the first movie, I don't have much to say because, um, exactly what he said. He's, he's doing it for love and it's, it's a noble thing. It's a noble thing. He's just a man who just wanted to spend time with his dog and everyone took that away from him and now look, everyone is fucked. <laughs> That's the best way you could put it. Everyone is totally fucked. Whether you think you can kill him or whether you know you're telling your loved one, oh yeah, I'm going to fight John Wick. I bet the the loved one's like, good luck. <laughs> you know, you're you're lost, dude. I'm ready so, to
1: move on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> basically. Oh, so, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. I, again, I don't have much to say. It's just, you know, prefer me take, watching John Wick. It's just, fun like these people they have no chance they have no chance, <laughs> they have no chance. Why, are they, why are they going against the man who's, who's called the guy who, who kills the boogeyman you know like the baba yaga also it's, come on dude you know you, you should just like go like i'm resigning <laughs> <laughs> i'm good
1: i feel like uh maybe, maybe i'll be like a long distance sort of thing like give me a sniper rifle <laughs> I, I don't think i can handle gun Fu with the john wick <laughs> it's kind of insane
0: exactly exactly Yeah. Yeah, man. That's basically all I can
1: say. Yeah, Uh, no, I I think that really captures it. I think, like, the first and second films, uh, as we've been talking about, like, repeatedly. It's just, with every film so far, like, it just really adds, like, another nail on John's already heavy back. (laughs) It's just like, back, ow, ow. And then it just keeps coming over and over again. But yeah, uh, with that, though, what about the. Uh, last film of the series well okay the latest movie of the series
0: all right yeah so we are going into John Wick 3 also known as John Wick 3 Parabellum, Parabellum. yeah is the, is the only movie in the John Wick series with a subtitle which is what makes it cool <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay uh, with, with John Wick uh, 3 Parabellum it's honestly the most straightforward um, among the three Basically John Wick, yes, excommunicado. He's on the run. Everyone's out to go for him. The bounty is fucking high. What's John Wick gonna do? So John Wick, as we all know, is out there killing everybody that's out to kill him. And you you, you can't like and and we realize that the reason why he's he's still on the run is because he wants to get out of excommunicado. Yeah. He goes all the way to Casablanca and meets up with Sophia, played by Halle Berry, with two vicious dogs also, just, just to put that out there. You know, just so <laughs> she also has know. dogs. She has dogs, so you know, expect something really vicious out of them. But yeah, uh, John Wick goes and meets with Sophia to to, to find a way out of the excommunicado. They, and Sophia does her job. They have meetings with... With another higher up to find a way to who they call the elder of the of the high table, and you know, long story short, John Wick meets the elder and and tries to get his uh, way out of the high table, and that's where this big moment comes out where the high elder asks like, "Why are you gonna do it?" And we get the answer, which is John Wick wants out of Excommunicado because he wants to retain you know retain and live the memory that he had with his wife he wants to live for the memory they had and he wants to live for them so there the elders just like alright that sounds pretty cool but in order for you to to get out of Excommunicada you're gonna have to like do two things two things to show that you know your loyalty is still with us first of all you gotta make a sacrifice of your own and then the other one you're gonna have to kill a friend because uh, (laughs) loyalty is loyalty you know you gotta basically what what that meant is for John Wick to not be excommunicado he has to get back in he has to like he has to bring back the status of being the Baba Yaga you know the its legendary status in this assassin world so what John Wick does is that he cuts off his ring finger and gives the elder his his wedding ring And then he's out to kill Winston, which is which is, you know, which is a pretty big deal. Um, So John Wick goes back and long story short, Winston goes like, OK, I get what you're talking about. I know you have to kill me, but hear me (laughs) up. Do you really want to die, you know, back in the game, the Baba Yaga? Or do you want to die the noble man, you know, who lived for the memory of your wife? And John Wick's basically just like shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's just exactly what happened, actually. Yeah. <laughs> basically, you're right. So, so it's it's it still it still sticks with the John Wick's character that he really doesn't want to be back in the game as much as he has <clears> to do all these tasks. The main thing is that he's living for the memory of love, and he's he you know for such a badass guy, he's living for for what keeps him alive, which is the love that he had for his wife. I know I'm repeating that on like a lot, but it's really, it's really it. <laughs> the big, it's really it for John Wick. That's his motive from one, two and three. He's like, you know, if that dog did not die, we wouldn't have this series, but it did. And now we see him in this, honestly, John Wick three Parabellum is the most tortured. We've seen John Wick emotionally and and physically, like we, we like he has his finger cut and he's getting burned in the back and he's getting burned in the finger and he's getting swords and knives, you know, stuck into his like, you know, sliced into his body. And you're just like, hot, shit but you know, we all know John Wick is a beast, so he makes it through. And then at the end of it, um, it comes to a point where John Wick doesn't kill Winston, but um, this other story that happened in the movie, which I won't, you know, bring up because, you know, watch the movie yourself, enjoy it. <laughs> um, it, it, comes, it comes to a point where uh, Winston's just like, you know, for for you to be back on the high table, kill John Wick, and Winston, without any hesitation at all, bang, 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 shoots John Wick, and he falls off the and falls off the building, you know, which kind of gets everybody thinking he's dead. But then by the end of the movie, we find out he's not dead. So, of course, there's going to be a fourth movie. Yeah. And John Wick is, is as pissed as he, he is in the, in the last three. But what makes this cool is that basically John Wick is, is really back in the game, right? We, we could say that he's, he's basically back in the game for real. And, you know, people are just like, oh, shit, John Wick's back. And now people think he's dead so now he's this he's this legend that's probably like looming around now in the assassin world. like john Wick's dead but is he really though is he really though think about it so so there we don't know what's gonna happen in john wick 4 but it's a lot it's gonna be a lot of action it's gonna be a lot of blood gore and it's a lot of keanu reeves just being a total badass as he is you know as per usual True, true, true. Yeah. Um. But like, again, like, like the first and second, I really don't have much to say about it. It's just that when you think about what John's gone through, a man needs a break. man needs a break. Man
1: needs a break. Yeah. Man needs a break.
0: Yeah. But yeah, what about you guys? What do you guys think for for John Wick three? Like, how did how does that up the scale with what happened with one and two?
1: Uh well, yeah. I, I I think well, first off, perfect way of putting it, man, that was like that was essentially the, the third movie told by a bro. Like <laughs> I, mean, I really do think that was like that was essentially what happened. Uh but yeah, uh just to emphasize the part with the elder, I think that was very in regards to symbolism and everything, I, I think that was very representative of of John's journey period in regards to the life that he escaped, right? And it was just uh, the the nail on the coffin and probably why Winston, it was so easy for Winston to turn John was because John if I had to refer to the actual lines said, right? Like the elder actually asks John, why do you wish to live? And John's response is to remember us, right? Like to to hold on to that memory of him and his wife that you know Frost mentioned, like to hold on to to that to, to those memories, to to that past. And then he's like, so you seek to live for the memory of love and then john responds with john responds with at least a chance to earn it to earn that that those few good years that he had with his wife right and it, it just it just sucks <laughs> like really like shoot a man while he's down logic where the only way to to sort of retain and dignify that experience that he's had with his wife right to say that someone is left behind from everything that's happened from, from all the good that's happened, right? It, it's just he has to fall back to his old life, right? It, it's its super ironic and paradoxical that how can you even enjoy it, right? <laughs> how can you enjoy the, the love that you had if, if, if it helped you escape from that thing? Like, you know, it's just like, oh, you get up because of the love and then the only way to maintain and remember that love, to dignify it, as I mentioned, is by going back to, to it. Right? And it's just, it's so self-defeating. And it's so, for, for me, it's like, in, it's already in the back of his head that, like, what am I doing? Like, that's him the entire time. Like, Keanu is a stoic at heart. Like, you obviously, like John is a stoic at heart. Like, you really can't tell <laughs> that it's eating him up. But essentially, if you take, like, really stock of what he's saying and what he's experienced so far, that's, that's really it. And then, when Winston brings up the, hey uh do you wanna work as a boogeyman and like live your years just doing the bidding of other people like which is what you did before you found love uh maybe you could die for love right like in this situation maybe it's for a friend but maybe with like that dignified life find, fighting you know uh th- those quote-unquote evil life that you've escaped right like literally fighting it that's literally what Winston Benson was saying and that's why it's so easy to like for him to Turned John around. Like John was like, "Yep, all right, I'm on your side. Got it." <laughs> it's just like Jesus Christ. All right, I guess that's that's enough. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I guess that's more of my interpretation of it. But yeah, Miko, uh, like m- maybe if you got something to help us cap off uh, just the notable moments for John Wick's nice. the films.
2: And and I think you know just to I think you you already got like a lot of it, especially that whole thing was he like he was gonna do what he left, just to go back into the good graces, so... And then he was so easily flipped by Winston. But I think, like, the thing with that is, like, he wanted, like, a way of looking at it. It, I'm not saying that this is how it is exactly, but, like, a way of looking at it is... He was so... I mean, not necessarily desperate, but, like, it's the best way I can think to say it. But he was so desperate to, you know, go back to not being excommunicado to to be able to have a chance to live you know that life even though his wife's not there anymore. Yeah. To to live that life outside of this underworld. And you know to an extent the thing is if he keeps if he stays excommunicado he'll have to keep killing over and over again to, to keep himself alive. And you know, I, he, of course, if he goes back into the world, he'll, he'll have still to kill be him. killing. <laughs> yeah. But arguably, it will be a little less than having <laughs> yeah, 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 I to, you. to to kill any and everyone that comes within, like essentially <sighs> a mile of him. He has to assume they're going to try to kill him. But in we also see that when Winston kind of makes John think uh, about oh. it. He realizes that no, doing this is not preserving uh, this, I- this idea of the life I really want to have, and that's why he flips because he now he now has the opinion that this is the best way to live out the life I wish I could still have, and yeah, I think you guys really like hit a lot of it as is already yeah but yeah no i think that again
1: i don't know like it's a little it's a hit or miss that sort of perspective for me like objectively the killing <laughs> right like considering the objective number of dead people i think there's still like that that idea of you're not doing it for someone else's benefit gets Like like there's that idea that when he brings up the especially for me when he brings up at least a chance to earn it it emphasizes that, that personal identity with the killing like it's because that he wants to to justify it to dignify it right and I don't know Like I, I guess that's where we differ in regards to the perspective in regards to how many he should be killing but yeah I super get that like if he is excommunicado he'll always be in hiding and he'll always be killing so it's kind of the, the same yeah. in its in essence but yeah, I guess to just really cap off this argument, to sort of cap off uh, this discussion, actually, in this entire podcast, maybe we can talk more about, and like really briefly, I would say, <laughs> uh, ways to really relate. I think with the different experiences that happen, like maybe we could talk more about, like we've already discussed, like why these events are, you know, why we can sympathize with them, like what makes him really human, even though he's. He survived all this shit, right? But to, to its essence, and, and I, and I kind of want to start this, right? Like I don't want to get specific with like specific parts or anything. I just want to talk about him in general. Uh, I, I think one of the more relatable things is that this is a, a superhuman, even, level person, <laughs> right? Who was who able to escape that life. And was able to find his identity somewhere else. Like that that glimpse that Winston talks about, right? The glimpse of the other life. And he enjoyed it so much and he loved it so much. But it's literally falling back into, some, into that terrible life. And if I had to relate it to something, it would be one of two things. Uh, it, it first one would be like literally trauma and negative experiences, right? Like uh, literally bad things that happened to you in the past. And finding a glimmer of hope. Through someone else, like maybe who who helped you get through it, right? And then, but when you lose that person, what do you do? And then at the same time, if I had to get more specific with it, depression—it's <laughs> a—it's a—it's an amazing uh, symbolism for for depression in a sense that there are moments, or there could even be like an amazing moment where you do have a long period of time where you're just free of it, but there is that risk that it'll just come like even stronger right and like like with john it it hits hard and it keeps hitting like even worse like maybe in a more relatable sense like mentally right like when you're feeling down and then there are days like some people say that they're down days they're up days but then some people would argue that the hole feels like it's just getting deeper right then yeah i i think and you guys can really correct me if i'm wrong but there's really obviously that risk with with trying to fight. Well, what makes me, what makes John uh, the model for that, I would say, like what makes him a good role model for that is that he's so resilient. Like, just to relate it to sort of you know, the, again, I really love the line, sorry, uh, at least the chance to earn it. It just kind of goes back to his resiliency and the whole idea of him wanting to justify that his life had a purpose, right? And that really just goes back to okay, I have to fight because I want I want it to mean something. I want it to to really come back. And he and he never gives up. Like even though he's just like, oh man, this sucks. Oh man, this sucks. But it's just like okay, I'm gonna keep going. I'm, I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep going. Like it was emphasized in the first film where, uh, exactly with the pound, right? Like what I mentioned earlier, he could have just died on that on that ramp <laughs> on the pound, but instead he chose to stand up. Like you know, kind of patch himself up in the. In a pound i don't know if that's a if you could do that <laughs> but he did uh, i guess get a few stitches uh, it's not that hard uh and then he gets a dog even and that again like the whole conversation earlier about symbolism but yeah and it's just I, I don't think uh grief gives you a break like i don't think depression ever gives you a break i don't think grief ever gives you a break especially in regards to like mental and you know traumatic loss and everything it If you and and again, like you guys can like really correct me with this, but if you allow it to really take root and keep hitting you, it will. (laughs) Right? Like if you don't actively not even actively, but if you don't try like just to make the steps to, to better yourself or at least get out of it, you know, ask help or something. That's really the first step of it like admitting to yourself ah fuck like I actually do have a problem and I gotta you know gotta look for help which arguably John does if, if you had to link that somewhere else like all the friends that he's made right Uh, it, it may feel like a solo op but arguably so many people have helped him in the entire film series but yeah uh, I guess I don't, I don't think I'm stretching it I don't know maybe you're just for me I don't think I'm stretching it that far just because it is a traumatic experience what he's been through and it just progressively gets worse, right? And that, that has a mental impact on a human being. And that's really where we can sympathize with and empathize with with, with John Wick. Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts. What about you guys? Maybe, uh, Miko, you can go first. And then, Fras, uh, just follow them.
2: Yeah, so, like, yeah, I, I, I think I really like your your point about how it, it's really a journey of depression for John. And I think, like, a big thing, it's, his journey mm. is was it started out as him just trying to cope with it. Yeah. And you know, it's slowly there was so much fallout for just him trying to get over it. Like, come on guys. I get I I mean, you know, in, in his case, like it involved killing a lot of people, which which is pretty extreme. Um, well yeah. <laughs> I, don't think most peop- I don't think most people I don't think most people
1: yeah resilience i don't
2: i don't think most people who are like who are put in that in a situation similar to that would probably react with such a reaction but i guess you know similarly people could have like fairly extreme like reactions to try to cope and you know different people have (laughs) this is such a stretch well not super stretch but you know different people have different ways uh, to try to deal with grief, to try to deal with depression, and you know, like what I mentioned earlier, like regarding my my comments towards John Wick Two, is that Antonio, the uh, Antonio, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, was, was interpreting what John did as oh he's back, but in reality, John was do- did what he did because he didn't know how else to uh to handle what had just happened. Yeah. And I think you know that that's relatable to a lot of things because sometimes when you're in the thick of things, you you'll do certain things in hopes that this is what I have to do right now to to handle what's going on. And you know, not all the time will it turn into a grand journey of things Quite. getting progressively worse. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, to an extent, you know, sometimes not everything you choose to do works, works out as how you think because there are you, so maybe what you choose to do actually negatively impacts people around you. Maybe what you choose to do actually might single signal or be interpreted by other people differently. And, you know, that's something that, you know, John, this journey of John Wick is really relatable, is that it's it's really a series about a man trying to cope with loss. And it's just how he chooses to do it. You know, I mean, this is not... Go, goes into, like, underworld, politics... <laughs> There's you know, so much like, more layers, that but that's stuff. essentially what happens, yeah. But essentially, it's just... He's just a guy who wants to find some solitude in the fact that he just lost the most important person. And I think that's something really relatable for a lot of people. If you've experienced loss or if you're going through a a lot of mental and emotional troubles that you just want to be okay. And sometimes finding a way to be okay is really hard. And a really difficult journey and it could get worse before anything gets better
1: yeah yeah i, I think man no fuck, that's really shit, that's really relatable <laughs> like especially in that in that yeah. point that it can really yeah it, it gets tougher before it gets better but yeah fras maybe <laughs> yeah, i maybe, got me thinking man i got me thinking uh
0: like if, if anyone's watching if you're watching i'm just like spacing out i'm just like damn these guys talking got me thinking. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: No, but, nah, but like...
1: Oh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, man.
0: Uh, like, like, yeah, you guys put it out, you know, pretty well and I don't think I have anything to to, to expand on what you guys said. You know, it's, yeah, I mean, the fact that it got me thinking, you guys uh, <laughs> said did pretty well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, other than that, um, jumping off from like what Tony said a while ago, uh, if if you think about it, yeah, it it is uh, it is really a journey of John going through depression. And besides the fa- besides like the coping of it and like the what you do just to just to try to just to you know make it through all the pain that that you're you're taking in. Another thing that John Wick shows in a messed up way, in a really messed up way. It's, it's basically, it's, it's sort of showing how, <laughs> you're going to laugh if, like when I say this, but it's basically like, like you know, jump oceans for those who would who do the same for you. Think about it, if you think about it, like with the whole marker thing, right? It's, it, they're basically like, I did this one big thing for you. You kind of have to do the same thing, you <laughs> know, something. Stupid, but, <laughs> yeah. but like, extent, which kind of jumps yeah. into the whole, uh, what you call this like why you know jump oceans for someone who do the same for you and basically in a way these people are doing the same like kill for me I kill for you you know that's how it works bro yeah
1: Um,
0: but like it's, 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 it, it is a, a representation in its way of showing how you don't just go through loss alone it'll be painful it'll be a lot and even though you're strong enough to get through it no doubt you're gonna need help along the way whether you asked for it or not. People will be there and that's that I think that's that that's something that's really that's really how to put this man. It's just it's it's really something to, to think about. The fact that even though people know um what your history is or know that you're you're not in the good side of things, if they really care about you and they have like respect for you they you know they'd really go out of their way just to make sure that you you get by that you you live in a way that you can you can make through it and that people know that you know you you're, you're in good hands uh, but 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 yeah like you know in in a way of like understanding where where where, where John is in a way in know way through they I think I think that's that's the one thing that that's really that that's really you know that that I'm really getting out of it like how can't go through it alone. I mean, first movie, William Dafoe was there. <laughs> Second movie, Lawrence Fishburne was there. Third movie, you, know, you got Halle Berry, you got Winston. You know, the uh, like, you know, John Wick didn't ask like ask help from from these people all the time, but when they knew that John Wick was in trouble, there's like, I'll give you time. You know, I'll, I'll, you know, kill them for you or whatever. You know, we, we have this, we have this, you know, pact. So, you know, you know that the power of friendship, <laughs> I can put. It. <laughs> By the power oh, of friendship. Yeah. But, but, yeah, man, dude, you guys, you guys got me in deep thought. <laughs> I mean, you guys got me in deep thought. This is... So true, and you think about it, yo. Uh, John Wick has been going through this thing, like for a while. Know, since <laughs> the dog died. Since yeah. the dog died, he's been he's been going through this 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 kill count journey for quite a while. One, two, and three. Like if like it ends, and then where the movie starts in the sequel is exactly where it ended. You know, like like if, if you're gonna ask me more, like how do you relate to John? Like you know, if you're thinking about like. It's a, it started that the dog died. Like, I'm not an assassin, but I have pets. So, you know, I, it's I my pet died, I understand. Died. <laughs> I, understand. I, understand <laughs> I understand, like, yeah, like where where the anger would come from. Like, ah, uh-huh, yo, it's it's
1: big. Send a message. <laughs> like,
0: you guys got me in deep thought. Just thinking what like what it's like to go to like. Oh no, I don't want to put my. Like say that I'm putting myself in 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 their place or whatever. It's just, you, know, you think about like what people go through, the trauma, the depression, and how they handle it. You know, it's it's always best to try to like understand where they're coming from when when things happen. And yeah, you know, going a little out of the John Wick topic, just like when the when the things do happen and it gets bad, best is, and you know best just really understand and be patient and just make sure they don't lose their way. And John Wick, you know, he's he's trying to, to get out of it, and even though it's a it's a shit loop that for him to get out of it, he has to get back in it, and for him to get in it, you know, it's cruel irony. He's he, he you know, it's, it's. I just hope that the fourth movie like brings justice to to this character arc that that John Wick is going through. Like, is he gonna get out of it? Is he gonna end up? staying as you know as this legendary persona that he has made for himself is he gonna die is he gonna live we don't know but like we know that in a way whether he accepts it or not he'll get through it that's what i can say
1: true 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 nah no that was amazing man don't 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 bring yourself down it was amazing (laughs) legit uh again like i think just the sort of add everything together you know it's really the path to absolution isn't a straight line like the path like to really dignifying your journey and the experiences that you've earned even it's not a straight line it's very there's so many things that may happen there's so many things that can happen like it's a very you know rocky path and all and it's really going to be a challenge and i guess that's what john kind of tells us like it's so I, you know as Miko mentions it's so outlandish the situation I don't think any of us are you know hitman maybe, maybe if you're a hitman listening to this like leave a comment down below <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> but <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah to, to that degree like it, it's still relatable in a sense that you're like resilience and just the ability to allow yourself to push through despite the path like winding off right like that's that's really it and yeah the, again just waiting for John McFar I really hope it does justice to the character I know we all like shared that sentiment earlier like when we were doing this review uh, and yeah with that thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode of the Popcast TV Podcast we'll catch you in the next one oh hey you're still here thanks for listening in This podcast is really a way for us to share our ideas and we have a lot of fun with it. We hope you did too. Feel free to comment your favorite part, any insights you've had while listening in, or maybe even a character for us to review. You never know, your suggestion might be the next one. But that's it for this episode.